This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to another special episode of the Sky Blues Extra podcast, which is kindly sponsored by Shortland Horn, Coventry's leading estate agents. My name's Tom Ward and I'm joined this evening by David. Evening, Tom. Evening, mate. We're also joined by a very special guest. Our guest this evening started his career in the Everton Academy and progressed through the ranks, making a number of appearances at under-18 and under-23 level. He had loan spells at Yeovil and Birmingham before making the switch to Bristol City in 2018. He joined up with the Sky Blues on a season-long loan in 2019 and was instrumental in helping the club to achieve promotion back to the Championship. I'm, of course, talking about Liam Walsh. Evening, Liam. It's great to have you on the Sky Blues Extra podcast. Hello, mate. It's okay. It's good to be on here as well, to be fair. Yes. Yeah, we're good. Thank you, mate. It's, uh, it's really good to have you on. Um, so, yeah, as we sort of usually do, really, um, it'd be great to, to go back to the start and really keen to sort of hear a bit about your upbringing and, I guess, how you got interested in football from, from a young age. Yeah, um, so obviously all, all, all people in my family are all big football fans. Um you know, obviously it started off when I was about probably about three or four kicking the ball. Um my dad's a very big football fan, so he had a he had me straight into football as soon as I could. Um I used to play for a team called Barlow's and a few of the lads in that team in Barlow's and in that league carried on to go in and play for Everton. So we all knew each other from a young age. But um, that's where that's where I started my me, me football career at a, at a Sunday league team called Barlow's. And you joined up with Everton age five, I think, didn't you? And how much did it benefit you sort of being, I guess, in the academy from such a young age? Yeah, I had um, 
obviously when I was younger, you're allowed to play for several teams, and I was at Everton, Liverpool, and Man um, United for a couple of weeks as well, just trying different teams out. But obviously at that time, myself and my dad knew that Everton was the best academy there, and from such a young age, learning obviously all the ball skills and techniques, and that gives you quite an advantage for any any hour in the future when you're coming into 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 the older um, into the bigger games against the older players who have maybe only just started from 10, 11, 12 I've already learned like the ball manipulation skills and all that from a young age so that helped me a lot Yeah it must have been nice to like you say to be able to play for different clubs and I guess get a bit of wider exposure playing with different players it must be great as a kid doing that Yeah it is definitely especially like when you're young, you just want to obviously have fun playing football, but then once you start going through the ranks and you're getting older and older, you're learning the game a lot more. Obviously, when you're 9 and 10, you still don't really understand it, but yeah, of um, course. You get, you're getting taught things each day and it helps you in the long run. Yeah, definitely. And you made a couple of appearances for England, I think, in the youth setup. Um, what was it like being part of that and, and how much did it differ to the club football you were playing? Um, that was, I thought, well, to me, that was a lot different. Um, but yeah, I had an England camp. It was to, I think that was basically just to see to get the squad for the Victory Shield, and I went to that. And a lot of a lot of players that are playing in the Premier League nowadays played in that, the likes of Marcus Rashford and Tom Solanke and Josh Onam and all them types of players, Joe Gomez. But um, I think that just was a lot different to me because obviously you've never you've never been on the same side. Then we played against each other as kids, so you don't really know the game as well and. I think it's very hard for someone to bring the best out of their game in international level because, like I said, you don't play with them every day, like at your club level. But it was um, it was very good. It was a very good uh, international like break that we had, and I, I enjoyed the experience. And Liam, in 2015, the day sort of every boyhood footballer dreams of, you you got your professional contract. How did it feel? sort of being in the club for so many years and then finally securing that contract. Yeah, well, that's what, that's obviously what you play football for, to become a professional footballer one day. And of course. Obviously, I was playing football every single day since the age of four or five, like I said, and to finally, like, obviously get told about the professional concept that I was going to sign one. Um, it was probably one of the happiest days I've ever had, to be honest, knowing that when I come out of school and left school, the thing I was going to be doing was playing football and, and just living every day, like just kicking the ball, knowing like that's my job basically. And you know, all my family are proud and I was proud of myself and there's no better feeling. Yeah, of course. And we've heard a lot about how loan spells can help <laughs> youngsters' careers and help them develop. And you had a couple of um, spells, didn't you? One was Yeovil um, and Birmingham. How did yeah. they help your development as a player? <laughs> Um, well, both of them loans were both completely different, to be honest with you. I had my oval one was my first loan. Um, I went there in the January, so the second half of the season. Yeah. And that, that for me was basically starting my career off properly from when I went to Yeovil. That was the first time I got a taste of men's football. And ever since then, when, when you go on loan and you play your first men's game, and you're actually fighting for three points that your team needs because obviously it depends on some people's lives and three points. Of course. Um, and that that's that's really where I learned I learned how to play football properly and learn what it meant to people. Um, I play I played as much as I could there, 
Um, I had the manager, which was Darren Way. Okay. I've all, I've, I still speak to him nowadays. I'm very thankful for him for taking me there. And, you know, he made me grow as a man, basically. And then, <laughs> what was my other one? What was my, Birmingham, sorry. Um, I went there. Uh, when was that, I think? That was at the start of the season. Um, I sat there with Harry Redmer. Yeah, I was going to say that, and obviously he's a, a very interesting character, and we, we see a lot of him, um, yeah. our followers will see a lot of him on TV and, and know well of him, especially transfer windows, um, his time at Portsmouth and Tottenham. Um, yeah. I'm sure he was a really interesting character. Yeah, well, that season I weren't really looking on going on long, to be honest. Well, I say that I, I wanted to, but I weren't, I weren't getting pushed by, by the club to go on long. They were happy to keep me for that season, but... After me over one, I just wanted to just go and play play uh, professional football again and play men's football. So he pushed along to Birmingham, which I was grateful of uh, Harry Redknapp to sign me. And um, he got sacked after four games I was there. So I played a few right. times that he was there and then we signed um we signed another manager who literally just didn't like the way I played. Like, he, he had his own style of play, and I didn't really suit that style of play. So, from, like, September onwards till January, I literally didn't play a game. I weren't in the squads, nothing like that. So, you know, that's the other side of football that people don't really understand. The players yeah. that aren't playing or aren't even involved in the squads, you know, it's hard, it is hard on people. You're just going in every day training for, not for no reason, but there's no, like, there's not, you're not getting anything by the end of the week, so you're just training again. Um, but, you know, that that's another side of the game that I learnt, to take, to take the bad side of it as well. And I, f- I thought at the time I dealt with it well, and, you know, like I said, that that loan as well, and the over loan has, has prepared me for, for like my future, really. And you signed with Bristol City in 2018. Um, how did that move come about, Liam? Um... That, well, when I was at Everton, we were just playing for the reserves. Obviously, after them loans, I was back with the reserves, and I was just playing with the first team every day at Everton. And you know, when the when the match day was coming, I was just back with the reserves, playing matches with them, and then training and so and so. And I was getting on to like eighteen, nineteen, and I felt like I was ready to go out and play men's football every week. And yeah, I think I had a year or a couple of years left on contract at Everton. And Bristol City come in. Me and I spoke to obviously the gaffer that was here one time, Lee Johnson, and he was very, very keen on Sam. And he said, Tell me how life plays, like how, how they play, and I'll play so many games, this and that. And you know, sounded good to me, so I, I went in and pushed the move. And you know, I haven't looked back since really. Yeah, and I know you, um, you made your debut, I think it was away at Man City in the League Cup. That must have been a special yeah. game to, to come on and make your debut. Yeah, well, you know, like I said, like that that's basically the reason why I went on loan to go and play men's football and mm. I was lucky enough that that was my first game against Man City away and I'm not really a nervous type of player to be honest, but then when we when we um, when we come out into the stadium, you know, at the start of the game and obviously I'm on the bench watching the game and you don't really take it all in and then when I was about to come on when we were making a sub, I had a little look around and like realised where I was at and I basically just went went on the pitch and just enjoyed it. You know, playing against them great players and we actually done got a decent result to be fair. Yeah, yeah, it must have been amazing coming on in that game. Yeah. 
Um, and then just moving on a little bit, you, you joined the Sky Blues on loan in the summer of 2019. Um, talk us through kind of how that came about and when you sort of first heard that obviously the Sky Blues were interested in, in getting you on loan. Um, well, in that pre-season, uh, I had a lot of chat with the, with the gaffer Lee Johnson and we were just talking about like the season ahead, like whether I'll be playing this and that. Cause I was I was mostly in and out the season before because I had a bad injury in my knee, and then obviously I was like the next season. I was just I just wanted to play football every week, um. So I had a little chat with him, and I, I ended up asking about a long move, and obviously he let me go ahead with it. And then on the on the on the deadline day, we had a couple of teams. Sorry, a, a few days before the deadline day. Had a couple of teams coming in, and obviously I spoke to a few of the lads who who have been at Coventry before. I knew a few of the likes of James Madison and Adam Armstrong and all that, and mm. I've seen some of the great players that they've brought through, and especially like the long players that they've had. Yeah. They've always done good there, and they've always stood out as well. You'd always hear about them doing well, and um, I had a little chat with the Coventry gaffer, and everything he said just sounded good to me. Exactly how we wanted to play. Even like just the training sessions, the coaches there, AD, Jason, them lot there. So it was just a perfect move for me at the time, and I was obviously happy that I signed there on loan. Yeah, and when you made that loan move, was there was there anything that attracted you to Coventry? Um, you know, as well as obviously Mark Robbins and his plans. Yeah, I seen because I went obviously on a deadline day, so I seen a couple of Cobs games anyway before that, and I watching a few clips and. The way they played the style of football, that like the passing play, uh, like that just suited me to a T. So obviously that that's that's how I played, and um, yeah. and they had to shoot in there right away. And obviously one of the lads here, Pato, Jamie Patterson, he's he's a big big Cobb fan, and of course. He, he he was pushing me mostly to go there as well. He wanted me to go and get promoted. So nah, but I had a chat with my agent, and he he had nothing not no but nothing bad to say, just only good things and. You know that that just that just put me in the right direction to go go for Coven and went for it. Yeah, and when when you joined, obviously you, you mentioned about Mark Robbins there. What did he sort of say to you and and your plans when you started first at the club, the the early weeks and on perhaps on the training pitch and. and... Yeah, um, no, he was literally just plain and simple to be honest. Just give me the way he liked to play, what he wanted from me, and where and what position I'd be playing and. Yeah. And that's what I liked about him. He was just, just straight up and honest with me, to be honest, straight from the off. And, you know, we will just say, like, how are we coming in playing and, and you can make a difference in the team. And he had faith in me and that's all I wanted to hear, to be honest. So, Yeah, it's always nice to hear, isn't it? And we've heard from a lot of um, other players during that season that um, promotion was very much a part of the plan. Did that seem to you that the plan when you first got in was it that obvious that that was what everyone was gunning for that was sort of what the, the manager wanted and expected um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say like obviously from when I went in all we talked about was promotion getting promoted this and that because I think when you're there yeah. and you're in the moments in the season you, no one's really talking about promotion you're just taking game by game and trying to get your wins and Obviously, there's an ambition to get promoted in the club, and obviously that's what the fans want, this and that. So that's just always in the background. But I think we were just taking it game by game, and just obviously getting great results and and, and playing really well. And like after a bit, we look like one of the best teams in the league. So I think that's where your promotion plans start kicking in. But you never really, you never really just focus on getting promoted. You just focus on the games that that you have coming up. 
Yeah. And obviously you mentioned you signed on deadline day, so you didn't, you know, have a pre-season with the Sky Blues squad. Um, did you find it easy to sort of slot into that midfield, having not, you know, been around in that in the pre-season when the team was sort of being put together? Yeah, well, like I said, like, um, from watching the clips before I went, I realised, like, their style of play suited me. So mm. it's not like I was going into a team where they played a complete opposite way I want to play. You know, obviously the centre backs like to pass it to the midfielders who pass it through the lines, this and that, and, and that, and that's that's basically my game. So I had my first game against Blackpool, and I didn't really feel like out of place. Even the first training sessions, you know, I linked with the lads really well, and every single one of them got on with me straight away, and that made it ten times easier for me coming up to the first game. Yeah, I was going to say something we've we've heard a lot on the podcast is is around the the dressing room and sort of how well the squad got on last season. Um, what were the lads like in terms of welcoming you to the club and did you sort of form any close friendships with anyone in particular? Yeah, the lads are quality. Like literally everyone there. You, you'd have some, some teams, you'd have like little separate groups in the teams. and Little cliques and, that, and stuff. But, yeah. yeah, but I think, I think that Coventry team, literally everyone gets on with each other and you know, I couldn't really have a bad word to say about anyone, even like when lads aren't playing this and that, they're still, still happy that other lads are doing well. And you know, it was a great dressing room to walk into. And I had, who was it, Dabo, Funky, Funky, but I'm to be fair, because when I got there, the first day I was lost on my way in, and I don't know how, <laughs> but he, he realised that, that it was me and my car, and he, he helped me get in. So. Otherwise, it would have been late. But yeah, it's a great, um, it's a great destiny, and you know, I love, I love spending time with everyone there. Yeah, are you still sort of close with the squad now? Do you keep in touch with them all? Yeah, of course. I still speak to, I literally speak to them nearly every day. To be honest, I guess Snap Ben Wilson every single two minutes. <laughs> anyway, so I still speak to him. Yeah, speak to all the lads. God, there's everyone there, so it's good to stay in touch with them. Yeah, definitely. Um, you mentioned there your your debut against Blackpool. Um, we obviously went two goals down quite early in that game, but really showed great character on the day to come back and win that game, didn't we, Liam? Yeah, well, obviously on your debut, you just want everything to go right. And when we went 2-0 two, two down, that's that's probably your worst nightmare, especially on your debut game. So <laughs> all you want to do is just play well and get a win. And um, like I said, though, that dressing room, like like we had great fights in there and going in at half time. I can't remember what score it was at half time, but... You know, we um, we knew that we still had something, something to give in the game and frankly we come back and it made my home debut even 10 times better for me. Yeah, you mentioned there about a lot of the late winners and there was one against Wimbledon that I remember. It was a really lovely goal by yourself. Um, must have been nice to score a, a late winner and, and, and help the team out in that game as well. Yeah, that was brilliant. So, um, that was... Yeah, Wimbledon the last minute. Uh, he had a little one-two with Shippers, I think it was, and stuffed into the bottom corner. And you know, like you said, getting a last-minute winner. It's like it's just everything you want really in football. Getting a last-minute winner, you know, it's, yeah. just, it's always the best feeling. And I had a couple of my friends down there that night as well, and my missus down, so it was even better for me to get a goal. Oh, it's perfect, yeah. And there was there was a little bit of a tricky patch for the Sky Blues. I think we we lost to Rotherham and then Tramir. Was there anything that Mark Robbins or AD said at that time to sort of keep the morale going, or was it just expected that the the wins would sort of come back very um, fast? Yeah, I think with the Rotherham game, that was literally just a, a dip. That literally it was, yeah. Match, I think, and 
I think I think obviously with us doing so well like that, I have to come at some point in the season for us to to carry on for the rest of the season to do so well. Um, but I think we just look past that rather than game straight away. And then with the Samia game, I don't think obviously everyone watched the every club fan watched the game. Obviously, we didn't deserve to lose that game. That that was just one of them things, and we didn't really take that game as a loss. The Samia game, we just yeah. Um, we just looked on to the next game, knowing that we were going to win that, and just go straight into that. You know, we didn't we didn't dwell on it too much or speak about it. We just moved on from it straight away. Like I said, it didn't feel like a loss. So, but I think even getting them losses, it helped us out. To be honest, to try and push, you know, like because we had that losing feeling that no yeah. one liked and no one wanted that again. So and to put it right, yeah, yeah, I mean, every single person wanted to put it right, and and that's what we done. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Now, Liam, a goal that will live long in the memory of Sky Blues fans, and I'm sure a large proportion of this is why they're listening probably to this podcast, but it must be a goal that you remember, the solo effort versus Rochdale. Just talk us through that one, because it seemed that people were just diving in at your your feet and you you started on the halfway line. Yeah. um, Yeah, that. I don't think I've ever even scored a goal like that in my life, even in training, to be honest. <laughs> you, try, you try things now and then, and it comes off. But but yeah, even in that game, you know, the ball's dropped to me on the halfway, and I can't remember what score it was at the time, whether we were drawing or losing or whatever. And I've, just, I've literally just got my head down and just ran forward. I had a few of the lads asking for the ball, but I had, yeah. good, um, I had good momentum with the ball. and. No, I was, I was feeling very confident in the game and just went for it and in the end got me strike off and it was a good strike to be fair and, and end up going in and you don't realise when you're in the moments you know, when you're with the ball you just literally head down keep going keep going and then obviously when I went in the back of the net like I couldn't be more happy of myself that I, that I got the goal at the end of it yeah, no, it's a fantastic um, finish and like I say one that I think will be shown to Sky Blues fans for a, a long, long time yeah <laughs> And um, obviously we were we were drawing a few games and obviously accumulating a lot of points, but I think things really started to come together around kind of Christmas time. Obviously we had the two four-one wins away at Wickham and then away at Tranmere. We really started to look like the real deal, didn't we, Liam, on both of those afternoons? Yeah, definitely. I'd say for me personally, that win against that win against Wickham was probably my favourite win this season. Mm. I feel like obviously they were doing very well. It was a very hard place to go to. Um, and that day we just turned up and played unbelievable I reckon it was one of the best games that we played in as well to be honest and obviously we had Matty Gordon who got two back-to-back hat-tricks which was on so we had him flying and uh, we just had, we just had all the confidence in the world really after that game and, and we were just full, full steam ahead from there 
Yeah, definitely. And um, it must have been nice for you to be back up near home for the Tranmere game, but you must have been a bit concerned when you turned up and saw the state of the pitch. Yeah, yeah, um, the the pitches the pitches are a bit mad. Like to be honest, I've never played like, life on the beach or something. But you know, it's no excuse about playing on the same pitch. And we, that's one thing I always I always praise about uh, Mark Robbins. He never really changes his style of play yeah. for anything. He's always got one style of play, and that's that. And even on that pitch, we played some nice football, as you can see from the goals. And obviously, that just got us a win, and he couldn't really live with us in the end. Yeah, definitely. I remember standing there as a fan just just before kickoff, and like the pitch was so bad. But I remember sort of seeing you and Kelly and a few others sort of pinging passes around in the warm up, and I was thinking, I don't yeah, think we're yeah. going to do anything different here. We're just going to go out and play our football, which is which was good to see. Yeah, definitely. Even in the warm up, there's a few balls bobbling over your feet, yeah. and you're thinking twice about it. But once you're in the game and you're just playing your own way, then obviously good things happen and. Well, thankfully, a lot, a lot of good things happened that game. Yeah, I think it, um, I think it did backer a favour, didn't it, with the uh, the ball over the top. It sort of yeah, it slowed it up a bit for him. Yeah, any other pitch would have run off, but it's unless you've done one bounce and then just stopped in a pile of mud. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you were involved in a lot of the FA Cup games um, on that sort of FA Cup run we had. Obviously, it was a huge number of games that we were playing week in week out. Was it tough? on your body and sort of mentally playing that many games or, or were you just sort of loving that, that week in, week out kind of schedule? Uh, yeah, well, for me personally, I, I love it to be honest because you literally, you train them once a day. You get your day off, train once a day and then you got, you got a game. Yeah, again, momentum. You know, you, yeah, you're going again and and for us, like I said, we, we were winning nearly every game and we just wanted that momentum to keep going. So if we had some sort of break, you know, some teams don't really like the break and, and they have a little dip, but for me personally, I, I, I enjoyed it. You know, obviously a few of the lads, the older lads, the legs are, the legs are in pain and agony a bit, but, you know, every, everyone there was was just happy playing um, every Saturday, Tuesday or whatever it was, and frankly, we were doing well against the, even the big teams, like you said, in the FA Cup, so we had good, we had, we had, uh, good performances. Yeah, and of course, we, we played Birmingham in a, in a home game. Um, that must have been a bit of a strange occasion for the players because obviously playing at Birmingham and, and then welcoming their fan, fans as the home team, but they would be in the away changing rooms. Um, how, how was that game for you? And, and was it a really good atmosphere in the ground? Yeah, well, obviously with what's going on and playing at Birmingham Stadium, like you're, you're, not, you're not getting as many fans at home as you'd like. And yeah. Obviously, with the support that Coventry have and the followers from the fans, you know, you're always getting unbelievable support every game, no matter where it's at. And I think that game against Birmingham for everyone was a bit unusual, but we didn't we didn't let it affect us at all on the pitch. Um, going into it, uh, obviously, we had the home changing room, even though we're at their stadium and they're in the away yeah. changing room. So I think, I think it felt a bit more unusual on their side if definitely I'm to be honest, yeah. they're sitting in a way changing room that they've never even been in so you know we didn't let it affect us and we just went out and played our own game you're listening to sky blues extra we we went on an amazing run towards the end of the season it seemed just we always found a way to win games liam and and portsmouth was one at home again where we, we did just that yeah um, well that obviously portsmouth were doing well as well they were in they were in a playoff position at the time, I think, and they're a very hard team to play against. And me personally, I was expecting them to play a complete different way. I thought they were a good ball playing side, and 
literally yeah. just turned up and just kept the ball in the air for 90 minutes, which which is probably the worst game I thought I'd ever be involved in. To be yeah, but, frustrating, isn't it? When it's know, just, like, especially yeah. the way we play. Yeah, you have them type of games, though. Obviously, not everyone plays the, the same, and they, them them wins that you get there against teams like that, they they're the biggest wins that you're gonna get. You know, they're the hardest games, and if you can yeah. grind through them, then I believe that you can grind through any game. To be honest. Yeah, exactly. And there was a there was a lot of games that felt a bit like that, and that's when I think the fans felt that we were really onto something because we were just finding ways to win, even in the the toughest of fixtures. At what point in the season did you feel like we had a genuine chance of, of winning the league? Um, well, obviously, like I said earlier, you just you just take it game by game. But I remember, I can't remember what game it was. After, I think it might have been after the Portsmouth game. We had a little recovery session and yeah. we actually sat down with a few of the lads that started the game before, like 10 of us, and we were just talking about it, going for the automatic and... But I think Rotherham had a little dip in form, Wickham had a dip in form and we were still flying and you know, we realised if we if we won our next three or four games then we'd be right up there and and then I think I think going into even going into each training session or each game, nothing changes. You know, we're still yeah. just do this game right, get through it, win this and then move on. You're not looking anywhere anywhere in front. But I think, you know, in the back of your mind, it's there, so it gives you that extra little 10% to go and train harder or win a game, you know, do an extra run in a game, this and that. And, you know, I think we did believe towards, like, the last two or three months of the season. Yeah, because we had that fixture, didn't we, as well? We had that extra fixture that we carried for for such a long time. Um, and that must have felt like, not potentially points in the bag, but it must have been a nice sort of safety net. Yeah, well, that's it. You know, we knew that we had the game in hand and... Where we was in the league, with that game and still, we were in a great position. Um, so yeah, like you said, we we felt like we did have the points in the bag because we were doing so well and felt like we could beat anyone. And as long as we just kept winning, we didn't have to win. Uh, worry about anyone around us. And so the last time you know we went to a game was obviously the Ipswich away game, which I think for a lot of the fans we we felt like that was the moment where we really felt like we were going to win the league. And then, obviously, we, we were put into lockdown after that. Um, I just wanted to get your sort of perspective as a player, really, on on what it was like to to go into sort of lockdown and, I guess, not really know when we'd be back out of it. Yeah, that was that was absolutely devastating, to be honest. More, uh, obviously, more for me, but for the fans as well. You know, obviously, they want to be there, especially when we're doing so well and you couldn't... Couldn't think of anything worse in the world that that happened at that time. You know, we're going for a promotion and then this lockdown thing happens and obviously all the football stops. But like you said, after that Ipswich game, you're seeing the celebrations after the game that we were with with the fans and going into the changing rooms. You know, we really believed that we were going to get that automatic spot and get promoted. And after that game, because that was such a hard game, the last 10 minutes when they were just uh, pumping the ball in the box, we were cleaning it, this and that. You know, you're, when the ball's going out to play, you're getting a little thought in your head about it that you just need to win that one game and 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 and, and you can look forward to promotion. And after that was finished, you know, we were over the moon. Yeah. And then obviously it was a, a bit of a waiting game, really, in terms of finding out what they were going to do, whether we were going to carry on playing or obviously null and void got floated around, which was pretty terrifying. Um, but finally, the kind of news came through on the 9th of June that we were champions. Um, where were you at the time, Liam? And, and how did you sort of manage to celebrate the, the, the win, the, the league yeah, win? I, I was just at home and obviously we're speaking in the group chat and 
know, we're getting told by the staff what's going on, this and that, and when we found out that, obviously, we won the league, like, that is, from when you sign your professional contract, that's something that you do dream of, getting a promotion, you know, it's like, it's the biggest thing in football, I think, getting getting promoted with the club that you're at, and I've always said, I've always said to me, missus, I'd, like, the dream I'd have of getting promoted, the things I'd love to do in there, uh, to get promoted, you know, when it just happened, and I couldn't think of a better team for it to happen for, especially with all the work that we've done through the season, and especially for the manager as well, for all his hard work he done with us, and, you know, he believed in every one of us that we get there, so. Yeah, definitely. Was there a part of you that felt, you know, a little bit disappointed that you couldn't sort of celebrate in the normal way, and you know, on the pitch, and or in the sort of city of Coventry? Was was there an element of that as well? Yeah, 100%. Like I said, I I always dreamed of it and I always dreamed like being on a pitch and lifting the trophy and yeah. getting involved with the fans. You know, I'd, like, I'd do anything for the, for the fans to, to have been there and I would lift the trophy in front of you. You get goosebumps talking about it, but, you know, I feel, I feel like everyone still felt the same way and was over the moon about it. It's just a shame that we couldn't do it with the fans, though, which I, yeah. which I would have loved to do. Definitely. Um, and then just sort of moving on to the to the summer, obviously, after after that news, there's quite a lot of talk around, you know, the possibility of you signing permanently for Coventry. You're obviously a, a fan's favourite and, a you know, a key player in that season. Did it sort of cross your mind at any point to stay at the Sky Blues or, or what was your kind of thinking in the summer? Yeah, well, obviously, my pairing clubs at Bristol and, and you know, Bristol are a great club and, and everything. Um, obviously, Coven- I had a great season at Coventry and I just... The club had another another extension on my contract at Bristol, and obviously I spoke with the manager, and they, they were obviously very keen to have me back after the season I had with Coventry, and um, coming back into Bristol, I was I was doing well and training well, and then obviously I got a nasty injury, which I'm still out injured with now, and just trying to get back playing now basically. Yeah, sure. We was going to say, um, you know, how life been back at, at Bristol City, but of course it, it's been a, a yeah. little bit difficult. But I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that the injury is is um, coming along, and and you'll you'll get your chance, of of course. Yeah, well, I've spoke to the manager now, which is which is Dean Alden. Obviously, we had a change of manager, and yeah, you know, I, I really like him. And from what I've spoke to him about, he really likes me as a player, and he's keen to have me back. So. You know, my head's just down now and I'm just trying to get back fit and back out on the, on the pitch and try and do what I do best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we don't doubt it for a minute. And uh, an interesting thing that we wanted to speak about was as a footballer, because for your whole career, you would have been playing with just three substitutions and now they've amended the rule to five. What, like, what's your thoughts on that? And do you think it will be sort of better for perhaps even team morale because there is some players that will perhaps you know not feature um as much as as others um but now there's there's the increased substitutions yeah well i i obviously i haven't even played it yet to be honest with i've been in yeah just from just from watching i didn't i don't know i thought the way, the way you can just change the rules like that it was a bit it was a bit of a mad one because obviously no one was really complaining about it before about three subs and they never had so don't know what you, you get different rules every year don't you and yeah and so I, I suggest that we all just have to crack over there you know every, every team has the same amount of subs now so everything's everything's fair play and you just got to crack on with it really yeah exactly and 
what are some of your ambitions for, for this season, of course, and, and the next couple of seasons? You, you mentioned there about how much it was a dream to get promoted. Um, you, you probably got some more sort of milestones that you want to tick off. Yeah, well, man, obviously at the minute, just get back face, 100% fit and, and, you know, back lane at uh, where I'm at, which is Bristol, and yeah. try and get a few games under my belt here, and if I can get back lane consistently, get a few goals or assists, and within the next couple of seasons, obviously, my, my dream for me is to get in the Premier League with whatever team that is, and whether that's sure. getting promoted or getting bought by anyone, you know, um, I'd, lo- I'd, love, I'd love that to happen, and but yeah, my, my, my aim now is just get back fit and just get back playing football. Yeah. And obviously, you know, playing in the same league as Coventry now in the Championship. Um, what have you made of the sort of start the Sky Blues have made? Obviously, it's been a bit quite tough at the at the higher level. But what, what have you made of the, the, the Sky Blues this season? Yeah, well, I've watched a few games, to be honest, the Coventry. And... They're on Sky every week. <laughs> yeah, so I was just about to say they're on Sky tonight as well. So have you watched yeah. that? Um well, like I said before about Mark Robbins, you know, he's got one style of playing, he doesn't change it for anyone and from all the games I've watched, the lads are still playing that way and, you know, like, give credit where credit's due, you know, he, he deserves it all because, you know, he's not afraid to play his his own game against anyone and all the lads that are there playing that way are all doing, are all doing superb, so I think that they're, they're going to do really well, they're, um, they're doing the performances, they just can't really get the results and that's just how football goes sometimes, but it'll take a turn for them and I think they'll do really well this season. Yeah, definitely. And obviously we've had a we've had a tough start as well with the, the fixtures we've had. So I think, you know, December's probably gonna be quite a defining month for us and hopefully we can uh, pick up some more points. Yeah, well, you know, you're coming against Premier League opposition, which is obviously always gonna be hard mm. for anyone lower than the Prem and especially yeah. a new a newly team getting promoted from League One. And um, like I said, things like that happen in football, but um, I think if they just crack on and get through these December games, then then they'll do well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and on sort of a final note, really, I just wanted to. You obviously mentioned around the fans and not being able to celebrate with them. I just wanted to get your thoughts on on the Sky Blue Army, really, and and the support they they gave you last season, home and away. Yeah, well, to be honest, like straight away, they're probably the best away fans that I've probably ever seen in my life or played against, uh, played played in front of. Every single away game that we had, I think every single ticket was sold out. Even Ipswich on a Tuesday night, freezing yeah. cold. You know, I was that one. <laughs> you know, I'm, obviously when I'm on my phone on the social media, you're having those like your stuff now and then, and, and you see some of the things that they're saying. Not just about me, about other players. You know, they're always praising the players and the love that they have for the club is amazing. And um, that gives the players an extra boost because they always want to play for the fans, especially when the fans are as good as them. So I'd always thank, thank the fans for that because they help me out a lot. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, Liam, it's been brilliant having you on the podcast to share your footballing story. Really appreciate you giving up some of your time tonight. Um, I'd also like to say on behalf of all the Coventry fans, thanks so much for your commitment when playing for the club on loan. You're an absolute pleasure to watch and you know we hope to see you in a Sky Blue shirt again one day. Yeah, thank you very much, mate. I um, yeah, like I said, you know, I enjoyed every minute of it, and and I'll always be looking out for Coventry, whether I'm there or whether I'm not. Um, you know, it's always a great club, and I hope they do do very well for the future. Yeah, cheers, Liam. Appreciate that. Um, and listeners, don't forget to check out our partners, Shortland Horn, for the latest properties across Coventry, and also check out the Sky Blues Extra website, where we have a range of merchandise, including including the Cyril Regis Sabutio T-shirt. 
And as always, if you want to get involved in the conversation on any of our social media channels, just use the hashtag SkyBluesExtraPodcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.